What's up, what's up? Continuing on this kind of path of talking bonsai geekery uh, on all levels, I got to catch up with one of my very best friends in the world, Peter Warren, uh, UK, British-based bonsai professional. We were in Japan together, um, and we've continued to collaborate, hang out, and um, somehow maintain a friendship for the past 10 years that we've been back from Japan. Um, but Peter is one of my absolute favorite people. We're constantly, I think, inspiring each other, bouncing ideas off each other, and um, and staying aware of what the other one is doing just because it is beautiful to have these relationships in bonsai. Uh, a lot of friendly banter here. Don't take it too seriously. Um, but it was great to catch up, great to talk bonsai, and both of us having the capacity to really focus on our own bonsai practices during this time, but also uh, that desire to share and to tap into the community, continue to work with the people that we cherish and love, and try to continue to put positivity into the world. So, Peter Warren, everybody. So, coming back to what you were saying, just in terms of taking things off the horizontal and what you've been doing, like where your head is at in terms of the work that you've been pumping out. Well, like when you go looking for material, like quite often you're, I don't want to say like scraping the bottom of the barrel, but I always look for stuff that's hard. Mm. It's just like not obvious. Um, you look for it because of the challenge or you find something yeah. in interesting in it be that well, is not obvious? Finding, trying to find something that isn't obvious is the, the challenge is, is of interest to me. Yeah. yeah. And just trying to find like, solutions to, to difficult trees and things like that and quite often it'll be you know weird planting angles that just just won't go in a conventional part i mean you've done some stuff like that and it's you know it's just kind of exploring those ideas rather than just trying to fit everything into a conventional bonsai pot yeah well i guess what i'm trying to figure out is like um because we've had time to focus on our own ideas and work with the mm. inability to travel and students just getting to see your interpretation of bonsai a lot more because we have the time to do the work has been, mm. has been super cool. And, and is it like, did all of these ideas exist or are they existing because now you have time to actually think and a bit execute of both. A, a bit, bit of both. both. Like, I'd always been buying like the material, uh, like a lot of the material has been sitting around for, for a couple, three years. Some stuff has just come in, like the, the maples and stuff that are put on rocks. That you know, that just came in. But even that, when I was buying, well, when I bought one of them, it was definitely kind of like with that in mind. Mm. Um, the Arakawa maple that was just kind of like a solution to like having a massive hole in the roots, mm. a massive dead patch in it, which I didn't realize when I bought it. But yeah, it's a bit of both, really. Mm. Yeah. There's a couple of years of just ideas thinking, oh, I wish I could do that, but not having the time. And then suddenly having the time, then it's just like, oh, why not do it? Yeah, right. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I, I, I was so bummed that we didn't get to come because yeah. most people probably don't know that we were planning on being at your place and filming. But, but it's, it's pushed you into live streaming, and I'm pumped. I'm pumped that you're live Good. streaming. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> it is. It's it's uh it's turning into a beast like as you well know yeah yeah so. yeah no no i mean it, it was inevitable that as the technology became more accessible people would start yeah. doing it which i think is positive it's going to be productive for the expansion of bonsai um but with this forcing everybody to do it it's created this abundance of bonsai presence uh facebook or online in general 
and as as more and more of that stuff gets shared it's like the exposure to the more open exposure to people's ideas and getting to see those ideas brought to life is only going to inspire and push the boundaries further in my mind absolutely absolutely which is which is awesome that's awesome that's what technology can do for bonsai i'm not a super tech head but it was, it was very obvious that this is what was necessary right yeah well, i mean there's always kind of a plan and we'd discuss you know stuff like that and uh obviously like life changes and things like that wanting to travel less and, and be at home and working with the trees more mm. you've got to figure out a way of being able to pay the bills and still reaching out and being able to share knowledge and information with people yeah uh, and have an impact and yeah it just seemed like the obvious thing to do mm-hmm. so if uh just just so anybody who's listening that doesn't know where they can find your uh, live stream and all the information where can they find you at uh, it's on YouTube, uh, YouTube channel, but basically if they just go onto any of my, like just social media, Instagram, Facebook, there's, you know, posts about every time I'm doing a live yeah, stream and things like that. With a link that they can access yeah. it with. Okay. What's it's, your, what's your YouTube channel? Just, uh, oh, you gotta know this Sariyama shit. Sorry, Bonsai. Huh? Sorry, Yama. Sorry, <laughs> probably Bonsai, something like that. I don't know. Okay. Just, it, just google me it'll okay. come up actually okay. all right <laughs> but we're playing it pretty loose here <laughs> i'm just totally making up as we go along yeah right no i know exactly how that goes yeah i i, I need to know that shit <laughs> i know like you've got like a you had i don't know how many people you've got there now because we're growing a bit you know, like a team of people doing it not just me doing everything yep. by myself man. yep well it never would have happened if it was just up to me because uh, yeah. I don't have the capacity. You've always been far more tech savvy than I have. Uh, yes, even as we've traveled, even as we've traveled and stuff, while people were looking up, I'll never forget the first covered wagon across North America. And you're like finding hotels as we're going, as there's a fire and everybody's trying to like evacuate Denver and, and the front range. And we managed, oh, yeah. <laughs> we managed to find the only hotel room in Wyoming. I just, that stuff, I'm, I'm not, uh, I was not savvy to at the time. <laughs> So, uh, booking.com. <laughs> well, exactly. Right. It's just like, just being comfortable relying on technology was not my forte. Had I not had the help, I couldn't have done it, but I, kudos, <laughs> kudos to you for getting it done. I was just like, damn, Peter got it. Well, the, the, the biggest thing was when we were running out of gas and it was just like figuring out when the next gas station was. Remember that? Yeah. Running yeah. on fumes. I mean, I was thinking more like you got it in terms of getting the live stream to be executed. You got it. You it's, figured it it's out. The yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah. 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 Interesting. But no, it's, uh, it's just kind of just going to the deep end and just, and just, just do it. Yeah. Put yourself in. Sink or swim. Yeah, sink or swim. I, I'm super. I'm super stoked. So you think it'll turn into something pretty permanent? Then I saw. Uh, it, it'll definitely kind of like once things change, like doing it twice a week at the moment. Um, I don't think that'll that'll stay going like that forever, because once you get into summer and things like that, there's not as much stuff to do. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you gotta work. Keep... You gotta work hard. You gotta work hard on the in those seasons. Yeah. Um. I'd say just just to see how it goes, which is why, like at the moment, it's not like a subscription model or anything like that. It's essentially it's free and just asking people to to donate if they feel like it's been a benefit. Yeah. Uh, and so far, people have been pretty generous, which is nice. Yeah. Covered all costs and made a bit of money from it. So great. That's cool, man. That's an incentive to 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 sort of go forward. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because obviously like you invested like not incredible amounts of money but you know uh, $1,500, in some tech and, you know, subscriptions to stuff online. And if you wanted to take it further, then, you know, yeah. there's going to be extra costs and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know it, it, it is. Um, it just is. So. Yeah, cost money to make it happen. Uh, yeah. Just, you know, one one computer, one one camera, one crappy little microphone. and Yeah. Just hoping that the Wi-Fi doesn't drop out. <laughs> right, right, right. Man, Which it did today. And all the tech issues that can happen. Yeah. Do, do can and will happen. Uh, has, it been, has it been nice to be in your garden? Yes. Uh, and just have that time in your space? Yeah. This, this is something that's been monumental for me. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I obviously, I, I was so excited to come see your space. Your former garden that I got to see was so charming. It was just very, it was very charming and, and Peterish, and I'm sure that sure this place is as well uh, and getting to see your work in person, but, but putting all the time into a space and then never being there to enjoy it is, yeah. I've been looking at myself for the past 10 years, just like, it's pretty stupid that how much, how much time I, I guess you, I could potentially uh, say I'm wasting building this big beautiful garden and i'm never here or i never get to enjoy it you know and well, when you are there you're, do, you're always busy doing something just else. working your ass off and seeing all the things yeah. that aren't done but it, but yet everybody works from home now so it's it's pretty much just me and me and taft up here and it's pretty <laughs> freaking rad man it's a little it's a little garden of eden-ish for me at the moment because <laughs> it's like spring and everything is growing and for whatever reason yeah. This year, everything seems to be radically healthier, even though we had a drier winter, and maybe that's why the, everything is healthier. But the mm. landscape is like electric right now. Wow, are things growing in the UK? Are have have things? Yeah, really we've started? had a really, really good. We've had a really bright, sunny spring. Uh, hardly any rain, which has been very unusual. Yeah, and so things have got off to a good start. So. So is the rain an impediment in the UK then in the springtime? Yeah, the ra- rain, the cloud, the lack of sun, they're, they're kind of like the biggest things. Yeah, yeah. So Very that's, And that's one of one of the things like with doing the live stream and everything is like trying to make it kind of like, it, it's for UK people first and foremost, because mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's what I know more of. Yep. And so, you know, I was, you, you know, it's the same for you. I mean, like, like you, you get questions from people down in Florida or people in South America and stuff like that, and you can only just stab at, at answering it, like, as, you know, best you might think it would be. But, yeah, you know, your expertise is Pacific Northwest. Sure. You know, it's 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 where, you, where you're growing trees and where you've got all your expertise. And so, you know, that's one of the things I want to try and focus on a little bit more. And that lack of light. Yeah. Intensity across the year makes it's a difference tough. so you've got to but it's not to say you can't do bonsai you just have to maybe approach it a little bit differently have more fo- you know have more foliage on the tree than you perhaps not be cutting back so aggressively little and often little and often approach right not wasting energy yeah yeah not Stuff having like not having the heat as a driver you know like sunlight for sure but also not having the heat like yeah. the uk summers you don't know if you're going to get i mean what's what's your average summer in the uk in terms of temperature <sighs> I mean, I mean sometimes get... it'll get above like 35C, but very rarely. Uh, high 20s 
low 30s C, so whatever that is in Fahrenheit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you're in like the 70s, 80s, and you might touch yeah. touch touch the low 90s. Touch into the 90s. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, we have summers in Oregon where we'll touch the hundreds. Uh, usually yeah. we'll touch the hundreds three or four days. We've had summers where there's been more, but then we've had summers where we don't even hit 90. Like last summer, we didn't even hit, yeah. I think we hit 91 degrees one day. Yeah, and so you don't get any summer dormancy. It's not, it's not enough. It's not enough. Yeah. Like on in those summers, that those are tough years to not have the heat. Yeah. E even though the heat, in my mind, I hate the heat. Yeah, I hate it. I hate coming out of my house and it's freaking 85 degrees and or 90 or 95 degrees. It's so yeah. uncomfortable, but the trees need it. They really need it. Yeah. One thing I've noticed, because I obviously I try and like arrange, I've got too many trees in my garden. I try and arrange them all so that like, the foliage is getting the most sun they possibly can do. Mm -hmm. But what I've noticed with a lot of trees where maybe the top of it is getting loads of sun, but the pots are hidden. They're in the shadows of other trees and stuff like that. They're just not been growing enough. Yeah. Because they're just the the roots aren't warming up because they're yep. not getting the sun on it. Yeah, yeah, the temperature. And so, just trying to make things go even more and more vertical now. I can't go sideways. I'm yeah. going to go vertical. Try and get as much heat into the into those pots as possibly can. Whereas then, you know, like people down in Spain, for example, they're wrapping their pots in aluminum foil because they they're they're too hot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this is how Colorado is. Just this yeah. super unfiltered, high-intensity sun, and everybody's got tinfoil on all their pots, or else it'll freaking fry the roots. <clears throat> and on their heads. Yeah, 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 all over their bodies. <laughs> yeah, high-elevation sun is really intense. This, this past winter in the Pacific Northwest, we had, like, record low light levels. We had some days that mm -hmm. didn't even register as daylight. <laughs> which I've never experienced in my life. I can't even imagine how people live in Alaska. Yeah. where there's just no sunlight for the entire winter. I mean, I can't even fathom that because this winter on those days, it was like, there's really no reason to even, there's really no reason to even walk out of the house right now. <laughs> you know, it's like, it was tough. It was tough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm used to that. I grew up like that. So. I know. I know. <laughs> well, when I was in the UK, I was like, this is what bred the sarcasm of British humor right here. Yeah. Just, just made us miserable. Oh man. Yeah. And, and and we love it. And a radical tolerance for significant quantities of alcohol, generally in the form of beer. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> what kind of beer are you drinking right now? Uh I'm drinking a Guinness. Are you? Yeah. Huh. Been enjoying Guinness from the bottle recently. It's uh due to my uh my Irish uh influences recently. Nice. Been, oh, uh, did you get some Irish influence recently? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, like over the last couple of years, um, like Ian Young, mm -hmm. he's been, uh, he's been like, uh, he's been sort of turning uh, semi-professional over in Ireland. So I've been working closely with him a lot. Um, Ian's such a good dude. He's a he's yeah, he such is. a rad guy. He's he's solid, and like what he's doing there has been, uh, it's the same kind of like ethos and, and ideas that that you share and I share, and just about sharing knowledge and making people better mm -hmm. at bonsai. Mm -hmm. Um. And so we've been doing a lot of work together and then people that he's been working with, you know, I've gone on, I've done like a workshop once a year and sort of stuff like that. So nice. Uh, and, you know, got in a lot of uh, support with the live streams and stuff and do like um, uh, once a fortnight, uh, doing like a Zoom session mm -hmm. with like 23, 30 people from there and just go through trees and like a club night. Oh wow! Oh, very cool. You know, like a critique type thing, and yeah, yeah, just, yeah. just doing it online and 
So wow, wow, that's very cool. Yeah, yeah so. so many ways, so many ways now. Zoom has got to be absolutely exploding as a company. <laughs> I mean, Zoom is yes. like holding holding what what remnants of e- economies throughout the world exist. Zoom is absolutely, holding it together. Yeah. Well, I mean, the the whole reason why I sort of kind of started thinking about doing it was like the first couple of weeks of of lockdown and stuff like I was just. I just buried myself in my work. Just, just didn't look at my phone or anything. I was just like, right, I'm just going to work. Yeah. Just enjoy it. Yeah. Took a few photos and, you know, thought about social media and stuff like that. But then I saw like my wife was, she was doing dance classes by zoom and she was chatting with all her friends. They were having this great community and they were enjoying it. And she was just so happy afterwards. And it's not like I was like, Oh, I wish I was that happy because I don't, (laughs) but it's like those levels of happiness are unachievable. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i'm happy just being out in my garden right right talking to nobody yeah exactly being very quiet my trees uh-huh but i was like you know if she gets that happy dancing then other people might get happy from talking bonsai and yeah. stuff like that so yeah. kind of like well what can you do yeah. to help people and reach out and make make a little bonsai community yep yep there's a bunch of weirdos online you know? no doubt no doubt weirdos and i mean i think the hobby is or the the art or the whatever it is for somebody right the craft whatever somebody considers it uh is so expansive in terms of the way that it can be approached and thought about and uh and potentially manipulated that it's like you you really the world is a little bit starved of of people's of people's bonsai approaches because it's been it's been limited to forms of media that are becoming obsolete in terms of magazines books um and I don't know that seeing images on Facebook or Instagram or social media ne- necessarily lets you know what the thought process or the ethos behind or the technique yeah, behind yeah, the absolutely. work was, you know? So all of a sudden now getting to see it and getting to digest it and hear it and potentially even ask about it and engage it, it just makes sense. It makes so well, much one sense. Of the reasons I've, one of the reasons I've never really liked social media is because it's just so shallow in terms of like the interaction level or like people don't want to sit there and read for five minutes, right. two minutes, right. a minute, you know, and they just want to look at a picture, scroll on to the next one, next one, next one. And I really noticed this, I, cause I did some pop choice quiz thing, you know, did a quite a few of them uh, where same tree put them in. I was, you know, going through figuring out what pot I was going to put in. And I, I was, thought, well, why don't I just take some pictures and put it up and see yeah. what other people think, you know, just just to, to kind of get a gauge of what other people's thought processes were. Um, and you just soon realize that people just didn't bother reading it. Mm. <laughs> 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 just like, okay. Yeah. Right. So people aren't bothering. You, you could tell the people who did, which is about like 15%. Right. And then like, so like the last one I put up, I like made a specific point. It's like, the whole point of me doing this is so that you engage with it, you think about it, and you write a decent response, not just number one. And some people actually kind of did, and they wrote some very, very interesting responses. Some of them were exactly the same kind of thing that I was thinking, and some were different things. And you kind of think, oh yeah, I can, yeah, I can see that point, and mm-hmm. and things like that. But like, there is a limit to, to social media's kind of depth and interaction level. I think, yeah. Um, which is why I'd always sort of stay, stayed clear of it because I'm not interested in just entertainment. Bonsai is not entertainment. Sure. You know what I mean? And like making a five minute video where you just do like a fast 
you know, picture of, you know, video of you train changing a tree and then stand back and you're like, yeah, and look at me, aren't I great? Mm -hmm. What's the point in doing that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you're going to do it, may as well do it as kind of like make it educational. Yeah. Do you, um, do you, is it different for you speaking about your own trees when you're educating? Like, uh, obviously we do as professionals, particularly in North America, the critique model is kind of a big part of bonsai related events in, in North America. And you said you were doing kind of a, like club zoom critique activity for, for yeah. your Irish, um, um, students or people in Ireland, uh, working on your own trees. Does that change the way that you teach and kind of the way you feel about, or the information you give? Uh, I think you just have to make sure that you're saying like why you're doing it, like the, the reasons for it. Uh, -huh. uh so that people understand the, the, the kind of the read, like, cause some of the trees, like, uh, the literary pine stuff, I'm, there's a, there's a distinct kind of like, I want to start this tree and make it on that knife edge between life and death. Mm -hmm. And so the techniques that you'd be applying to that aren't applicable to a lot of people. Yeah. And so you can quite happy to talk about it and say why, but you know, you've got to say there's got to be that caveat. It's like this isn't applicable to 95% of situations. Yeah, yeah, it's of only course. To, to, to five. Mm. And just, I think if you just explain why, and then, I mean, that's all you can do, really, isn't it? And as long as you, I think, just talk through the thought processes behind every tree and uh, what you're doing, why you're doing it, then, yeah, I don't think it really makes a difference who's trees you're kind of like talking about but yeah, whenever you are when you're talking to, to to other people about their trees that you the, the the podcast you did with tunis and him talking about his teaching styles mm -hmm. you know that really kind of like rang true with me because you always whenever i sort of teach with people you always want to try and get them to have ownership of the of, of the design of the tree and stuff like that right so you've got to get a kind of try and get an, a clear idea of of what people want aesthetically and then just arm them with the tools in order to achieve that. So some people don't want to to have a starved-looking tree that's on the, the verge of life or death. They mm -hmm. want lusciousness and and stuff like that. And so, yeah, you just have to, to tell them how how they can best achieve it. Yeah, but I mean, but, when you're doing so, if that is a very rare circumstance, just the liberation to be doing that and and being able to have the opportunity to open the door to some of maybe more the more far out concepts or less practiced concepts that you're pursuing seems like working with your own trees because you do tend to gravitate in that direction of bonsai like you're saying kind of the the material that has challenges or mm. uh, these techniques that are very specific and specialized in trying to accomplish an aesthetic and a, a behavior in a tree that m most people aren't pursuing you can really only do that. You can really only dive that deep when when you're working with the material that is conforming to that desire or has the capacity to meet that uh, objective. Yeah. It seems like right. So it's in a lot of ways, in a lot of ways, being able to do that with your own trees is opening the door for you to share things that you might not have the ability to share. Yeah, yeah, yeah speaking yeah. or you, working it, with other trees. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, which is why so it was so exciting this spring seeing that seeing all of your ideas was just like uh-huh okay there we go there, there they are well a lot of it is 
And you say this to a lot of people, like 90% of making a good bonsai is picking the right material. Mm. Like you've got to pick. Like it, it's a lot of it is, is, is in that initial kind of like what you the, the when you first meet that tree and you're figuring it out and a lot of it's there. Mm-hmm. And I always look for those things that I think sometimes you get you wrong. And sometimes like mm-hmm. with the Sabinas, for example, uh, I don't know how much you find this with the, with the, the, the junipers that you work with, like the, the foliage characteristics can change so much two, three years after collection, you know? Oh they, yeah. They, oh yeah. You know, Domesticated to- they versus look, wild. They look to- totally compact and, uh, and look like they're going to make phenomenal bonsai. And then three years later, they're just like a massive shaggy, hairy bush. Yeah. And then other ones will stay that, you know, lovely and compact and things like that. So, but, and it's the same well, across all species, isn't it? A lot of the times they'll, they'll lend themselves to a certain style and, uh, and things like that. But yeah, a lot of it's kind of like when you're picking out that material and just trying to find the things that you think you can do something different with, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Did you end up getting the, that beach at the trophy? Did you get that tree that you were looking at? And you're like, I don't need yes. another beach that's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. You're yeah. like, I don't need another tree this size in my garden not having more space. I didn't get I didn't get the big clump one. Oh, you didn't get the big clump, okay. I got the one that was kind of like a little bit windswepty, the taller one. Right, 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 right. Right. Yeah. Cool. I did, yeah. The the issue with that was like it wasn't the tree, it was like how was I gonna get it back? And thankfully, uh, somebody was able to take it back from me. Nice. If I'd have known that right at the start i would have bought the clumps as well but danny Yusa came and bought that instead, Did so. yeah danny danny that guy's a machine yeah he, he's an absolute machine yeah it's good to see him back kind of uh it's nice to have him back again. isn't it yeah yeah what a legend uh getting to podcast with him and just hang out with him because i've never spent any time with him yeah the first time i'd ever really talked to him was at the banquet dinner last year at the trophy and then, mm. uh, and then he asked me to come and do a, a day of work at the Ginkgo, a workshop with his students, and getting to spend the evenings with him and stuff was was really cool. I mean, that guy's been in it from from like the jump of the growth of European bonsai. Yeah. No, I know it wouldn't it wouldn't be what it is today without him. Yeah. So. Yeah, he gave a lot of himself to it too. Yeah. 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 Um. So what what continues to happen now? What are you working on? What are you excited about? What do you uh, what's in what's on the on the forefront of Peter's bonsai garden in terms of work, species, etc.? Because um, I find this part of the year to be challenging as well. You like finish re- you finish repotting oh. like spruce or you know spruce and pines are growing. There's you can be pinching some things, but it's not there's not really a ton to be done. Yeah, you know, like deciduous aren't ready for part for any sort of pruning or management. Uh, yeah, it's just kind of a weird part of the year. The the calm after the storm of repotting. A bit, yeah. I've still got a lot of a few things to do, but like repotting wise, but yeah, it's just kind of like tidy up now. <laughs> <laughs> clean, clean up everything after repotting. That's how I feel. My greenhouse is a nightmare. A nightmare. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've got to find space for everything outside. That's that's an issue. Uh huh. So, I've got a load of trees that should be an island right now, but they're not. I can't take them over yet. So yeah. And I've got trees that I should have taken up to Willow, but you know, like this. Uh, and I've, I just buy too many trees, man. It's just, it's just yeah. And I won't sell them as well. So that's yeah. just stupid. 
It's awesome. Sounds about like the bone tie, the virus, the bone tie virus. Yeah. Right? Uh, it's not a lot of reason in it. I, I have, we, I've got too many trees too. Yeah. No, but we're, uh, the beach are now starting to, to really kind of grow out and push. So got to start, uh, doing some kind of like pinching on those. Still mm-hmm. got some that haven't burst out yet. It's, it's weird. Like with beach, just how kind of wide their range is. Of, yeah. Like when they open up. Do you, so you, know, pin, some... you, you pinch your beach? Uh, we'll let them get out to, to, to maybe three, four leaves on the top, real strong areas, pinch the tips. And then the the bottom areas, just let them go as, as far as they want. It depends on how vigorous they are. Sure, sure. Um, let them harden off and then, then cut back after hardening. Mm-hmm. Um, I love beach. I think beach is one of the so great... So do I. See, I never did anything in Japan. Like, a lot of the species that I really like now are trees that just never worked on at, at the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah. Like, didn't I never touched a Hinoki while I was at the Chiefs. I can love them now. Yeah. Uh, we didn't do much taxus. I like them now. I like the European taxus. More than the Japanese here. I do but... too. Yeah, cuspidata or bacata is awesome. Well, isn't, there's nothing wrong with the cuspidata, but just the, the yeah, the bacata here just grows like absolutely crazy. It's just... Yeah. And why try and struggle with species that won't grow for you? I just like, yeah. don't, don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, I understand the temptation. You know, like I, the, the, the notion of bringing a buttonwood from florida to yeah. uh portland oregon it's just like you're gonna i like i i understand wanting to work with buttonwood and they're awesome right but then it's like what you're gonna have to do to get it to be healthy enough to ever even remotely get to do the things you want to do with it and it's still not going to respond well it's just like that's in the end it's it's not good for the tree it's not good for you it's like trying to do black pines in in the uk mm, <laughs> yeah smash your head against a brick wall i bet i bet yeah. Whereas you can take the Sylvestris and, and get a finished tree from raw material in close to 10 years, you know, it's mm-hmm. so, yeah. You know, you're not like, you know, finished, finished, but it's at least not embarrassing. Looking real good. Yeah. yeah. You know, what's interesting is when I was first starting bonsai and somebody would say that, like you get a, you'd get a really nice tree in 10 years. It was like 10, <laughs> 10 years. Yeah. What? And now it's like, yeah, uh, starting this tree, it's gonna take about ten years to get it, and it's like, yeah, okay, cool. Like, I'm I'm hip to that. You know, I could deal with that. And in those ten years, something's definitely gonna happen and make it turn into fifty. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> without a doubt. This is this is bonsai that we're talking about here. Something something's gonna break. Insects, a bad winter, too hot of a summer, misstep in repot. Oh, in, something's gonna happen. Absolutely, yeah. but you know. It's that's that's what makes it interesting. It's it's what makes it interesting once you've dealt with the trauma and the heartbreak of bonsai enough, (laughs) you know, like where you're like, I know that this just happens now and it's not a reflection of how bad I suck, although it is still a reflection of how bad I suck. It is bound to happen regardless of how good I try to be, you know, like you can't avoid you can't avoid uh, the unpredictability of this living medium we're working with. There's some things you can definitely avoid, but 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 not, not all. But it's like that's the whole that's the whole thing, isn't it? Right. Yeah. Like if you can avoid it, did you take the steps to avoid yeah. it? Like, yeah. did you were you proactive about that, or did you let it happen? And like, I feel like the progression of of bonsai to some degree is just whether or not you're going to take the initiative or not. 
you know, yeah. like, uh, that was one thing that amazed me about Mr. Kimura is he was, Mr. Kimura was always functioning so proactively that it was hard to understand why he was doing what he was doing a lot of the time. Yeah. And now having, having Mariah, it's like, oh, if I don't, if I'm not seeing that before that happens, it's three times as bad when I finally see it happen. Like I got to head that off next time. Yeah. But that's experience. I mean, like he would have been the same when he was 40. Yeah. I wondered that, but I think you're probably right. I think you're absolutely right. You know? So when you're in your late 60s, 70s, you'll be, you'll, you'll just have your, your, your spidey sense. will just be tingling and you'll just know like, yeah. 50 yards away there's a there's a borer just beginning to eat into one of your jeans. <laughs> right right <laughs> you're just point i can hear i can hear the, i can hear the beetles in the nighttime flying <laughs> it's time that's what it'll be it's time troy put out <laughs> the sticky traps you'd just be able to smell it on the wind that's right that's right right now right now i'm kind of like yeah uh-huh i missed it by about two weeks that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> Boars, oh sh- shit! They started laying eggs about a month ago. Well, I guess next we can try. And, be... I guess we can try and catch as many as we can now. <laughs> and next year will be you'll miss it by three weeks. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But the thing is, though, I mean, like as long as you're kind of like honest with yourself about it, then you know, then it's a learning process. And that, I think there's a lot of people. People like in bonsai that aren't honest with themselves, they would yeah. blame it on something else and, and things like that. And you know, if you mess up with something, you've got to just, you know, yeah, you got to swallow it. it. Yeah. It's like, okay, yeah, that was me. That was all me. Well, if you want to grow like, and improve, if you want to continue to improve, you have to, you have to be honest with yourself. And that's not just as a, as a bonsai professional, but as a, as a human being as well. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Like, huh? Probably. <laughs> Seems that's such a big conversation that you're starting. I don't know if I'm ready for that today, Peter. It's well, Saturday, I'm, I'm man. Uh, I'm, I, you need to be on the beer. That's where you need to be. <laughs> uh, does every day of the week blend in to be the same? It always thing? has been. Yeah. Oh, always. It always has been. Like you know, you, people to be talking about the weekend, and you're just like, that's that. It means nothing to me. Well, I yeah, I know. I mean, like maybe you do teach or travel on the weekends or something, and now you're not doing that, so that you're scheduled. No. Yeah, it's always been the same. It's just ever since starting the apprenticeship, it's just what's 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 one day, what's another day, what's Christmas day. It's just yeah, yeah. But now you're a dad. Damn, has being a dad changed bone type for you? Um. I guess so. I don't know. Hmm. Difficult. Yeah. I definitely it definitely will do in the future, I think. Yeah. Um obviously the the desire to kind of like travel less was was always was was coming up and so um it'll definitely change the way we kind of operate a bit for certain. Mm-hmm. So but there's just been so many things just like one on top of the other and uh then this you know, the whole corona thing, so it's just like you know, life's been life in for for a while so you've yeah. been rolling with everything yeah yeah so. yeah yeah being a dad being a dad has definitely changed bone type for me um in what way uh i mean i think i think doing bonsai can can be it's like a weird it's a weird thing because to human beings around you doing bonsai is a selfish self-gratifying uh activity right? Like mm. I want to be working with these trees. Um, 
I think it's interpreted as you want to be working with those trees and not hanging out with me from a human perspective yeah. of somebody doing bonsai, yeah. right? Uh, but I think anybody who does bonsai recognizes, yeah, I kind of took on the responsibility of this living thing. And this, yeah. is, this is what it looks like to have taken on that responsibility and try to be respectful of that. Uh, and so I think um, making sure, just continuing to make sure, you know, ta that, um, that Taft gets uh, and understands sort of that he's the priority and doesn't feel secondary to the trees has been, has been a real uh, necessary thing to balance. And, and involving him in it as he gets older has been pretty rad. Yeah. Pretty rad. Yeah. I mean, he's not like, doesn't want to be a bonsai professional yet, and I hope he never does. But, <laughs> uh, but he's been helping me repot, and, and pr he has a few little trees that he prunes that he really digs and stuff. It's pretty cool, man. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I never forced it on him. He had to do that himself. But when he started trying to cut real trees, I gave him his own trees. <laughs> like, oh, hey. Not that one. <laughs> not that one. We might not eat for a little while. <laughs> yeah, well, well, we've got that to come in a few years. Does Leo come and cruise around your garden? Uh, he, I'd take him around. Yeah. So He's not walking yet, so. Oh, yeah, I guess uh, not, huh? God, it yeah, feels like the trophy be. was yeah. Yeah, is he uh is he mobile in terms of crawling? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's 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 like weeks away from walking now. Oh really? Yeah. Oof, that's gonna change a lot. Yeah. That's gonna change yeah. a lot. That's gonna change a lot. Huh? So uh is there anything that you think you'll take away from this dedicated time that you've had to applying it to um the future? being home more now yeah, now, yeah. now you've got a little bit more of the tools to do so yeah um but i mean that was always kind of going to be part of the, the the plan because of you know um child care and and the, the situation and things like that and obviously wanted to be at home more mm -hmm. because of that so we we're always kind of like working towards that goal yeah it's just all happened quicker and in a more random or just kind of in at the deep end type way than, than we kind of expected it to really. Mm -hmm. So, but it's going to be interesting to see how we can try and, I mean, there's, not, I, there's a lot of people sort of asking about like bonsai exhibitions later on in the year and stuff like that. I'm like, no, I'm not thinking past the end of the weekend. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, day by day, man. It's like, have we got enough food? Have we got enough food to last the end of the week? That's about, that's about my biggest worry at the moment. Yeah, sure. Sure. I mean, we're lucky enough that we're not going to go bankrupt if this continues on for another, you know, five six months. We obviously things will start to get a little bit tight, but yeah, you know, we we're not going to be losing our house or anything like that. So yeah. it's just what help, what happens to the rest of the the economy and the rest of the the world. You know, mm -hmm. where does bonsai then fit into that? Mm -hmm. You know, does it become less important for people, more important? Yeah, you know? that's, that's an interesting question. It's an interesting question. So, a lot of people are probably going to be asking themselves that. If if this continues, I think. If it continues. Hopefully it so, doesn't and we don't have to worry about it. Hopefully it doesn't. There's going to be some effect on the economy and things like that. And it's just got to wait and see how it all settles in a month, two months, three months. And the, I mean, the one good thing about bonsai is that they'll always be there. And they'll always need the same care. Mm, as long as as long as, as long as we're there they'll always be there yeah 
Well, yeah. You know. But even if we're not, they'll be there for a while. For a minute. Yeah, for a hot minute, depending <laughs> on what time of season. Yeah. We're coming into the and season that's, that's where we got to be like, there. That's one of the good things about doing bonsai is that it is that just that constant. It is consistent. It doesn't, it, you know, it, it doesn't matter what's been going on in your life. It, you just still got to go out there and water them and prune them and yeah. make sure they're not sick and stuff like that. And so it gives you something to focus on. Yeah. And so, like, you see people who maybe don't have any heart, like kind of like interests or hobbies. You know, they've just been going out and enjoying themselves all the time and they have a, a social life <laughs> and stuff like that. You know, this this kind of this situation's been like a massive stress test for people. Yeah. You know, like for their for their life their lives, their, their how they've built their, their world and stuff like that. And I think people who've have bonsai in it have will come out of it pretty strong. Which is so interesting. That is so interesting to me because um when when people talk about how bored they are during this thing, I'm just like yeah. bored. How can you be what are you talking? What is bored? Yeah, I, I honestly, when I, yeah, I honestly, I'm just like, what the? What are you talking about? Jeez, man, this is like the best time ever. It's <laughs> like, like... Been the most, most creative, the most productive. It's just been like, I haven't got enough. Of that. I'm working more now than I ever have done. That's what I'm saying. Crazy. Most repot, so... most productive repotting season I've ever had in my life. Period. That's including that's including in Japan and the Kokfu repotting and everything. Damn. More productive than that. <laughs> crazy. So you've been getting about three three hours of sleep a night then. No, no, you know I I don't do that anymore. Yeah. I don't do yeah, that maybe. anymore. I can't. I do tend to gravitate towards working because when when Taft is with me, we go to bed at nine o'clock at night. Yeah. Uh, and when he's not with me, it generally shifts to like midnight. But I try to not stay up past midnight because I don't like. Uh, I don't like feeling like shit and getting up late in the morning and losing the day, but yeah. I definitely just intuitively gravitate towards the nighttime, but I, I, I don't, I don't rock out for 48 hours at a time anymore and just all that stupid <laughs> stuff I used to do. I, I can't, I, I ran it out too hard in the beginning. Yeah. yeah. But I definitely, I definitely, um, have tried to maximize this time. It's not gonna. Yeah. It's not gonna go on forever. Uh, obviously, like I wanted, uh, have a responsibility to stay health as healthy and safe as I can up here for, you know, Mirai to continue to exist and and Troy and everybody to be safe. Um, not everybody comes to work at the moment, but still, people that that do periodically come up here to continue doing whatever you know portion they contribute to. I want to keep this place pretty pretty clean and pretty safe so um so it's just it's pretty much just been been up here trying to and i was lucky because i had accumulated a lot of the materials for all of these optimistic projects that i was realistically never going to have time to get to yeah uh like impossible to get to and all of a sudden it's like oh i already (laughs) have everything here i looked pretty much like a hoarder for a while because i just had pallets of materials and i'm just slowly using them and getting projects done it's been pretty it's been pretty productive when are we gonna see them all um i guess the next time you come to mirai you know what i'm saying yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. peter's peter's being missed at mirai your presence no i don't know i'm not good at social media like that I'm not good at. I, I, it feels so narcissistic to be like, look at what I made. It depends how you put it out, man. Yeah, depends probably. 
Maybe. Yeah. So you're saying that's what I've just been like? No. No, 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 not at all. Because I, I, I put out, I put out images of my work and stuff, but I feel it feels, um, it's, it's like my own issue with social media, yeah. you know, like some, some people can hold a camera and videotape themselves and, and they're like totally cool with that. I can't, yeah, I can't do that. I, it doesn't feel right to me yeah. for, for, for me. Right. It's like, like, that's great that, 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 that's cool for somebody else. I can't do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I'm excited about, I'm excited about the bonsai trees. I'm excited about a lot of projects right now. Um, just because getting to do, having the time to bring those, those ideas to life has been pretty exhilarating. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I know that. Yeah. Some, some two, three, four year old ideas finally getting to do that. It's just like, whew, I don't have to think about that anymore. <laughs> It's there. It's done. That I did it. Been, that itch has been scratched. Uh-huh. It feels like taking a mental dump. And I know that that's crass, but it really does. For me, yeah. it's been like emptying the brain of all of these things that I, I've tried to like hold on to. Like, oh, I got to I gotta do that one too. Oh, I want to try that. Ugh. And they're always there kind of nagging at me. Yeah, you see, for me, though, I mean, having done some of the stuff, it's just like, all right, now I know what to do better the next time. Mm-hmm. Now I know next time I can do this. I should do this instead. So, and that's kind of like what happened with some of them. They were just like taking the same idea and then just trying to do it better, trying to try to push it even further, mm-hmm. and things like that. And so, if anything, like the itch now is just kind of got worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. yeah. But that's like I feel like that's literally like becoming a bonsai ninja. You know, where you like mm-hmm. take on this. You go through this repetition, and then you have that moment where you take on the skill. Like it becomes, it it almost becomes yours, you know. Yeah. Because now, now you're like, okay, I've executed. I have the, I have the thought process behind it. I had the technique to to bring it to fruition. I have the tactile experience of it, and this is how this is how I do that better, efficiently, more attractively, and faster the next yeah, time. Yeah, see, like with with a lot of the, this the creative stuff, though, I think still now, you know, just like infant phase of, of, of a lot of it you know and there's there's going to be because particularly with with like the, 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 there's the creation of a lot of the things it's like okay I, I can improve on that but then the long-term cultivation of, of some of these ideas mm. it's like how do the trees react to that you oh, know, you're only going to sure. you're oh, only going to sure. see this kind of stuff like two three years down the line and then it's not to say that those things are going to stay like that forever I mean, they they could the tree could just like buck at it and say like no I'm no I'm not having this and then you got to like take it take the whole thing apart and, and start mm-hmm. again yeah but perfectly aware that, that that could happen yeah um and so it's just a, it's just a learning process yeah I guess and it's just it's, it's it's really good to to be on doing something new and and just kind of like having a, a new learning process because you've got that like the accumulation of all the, the years of experience of kind of doing, I want to say like conventional bonsai, but doing you know, like the, the stuff that we normally do. Okay? The expected and then you learn way, a little the bit. expected way. You, you learn things, you learn a little bit every year. Like you learn to, 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 to deal with your borers three weeks ago rather than now. Sure, sure. Right? And so which you, which I just want to be clear. I'm actually a week ahead. Because <laughs> right? it, start, it starts the first week of May. Okay. Yeah, I'm a week ahead, baby. I got the sticky cards out. That's what that's what quarantine has done for me. <laughs> and you fertilized all your trees properly. For, for well. Trees have been trees are fertilized, 
freaking more repotted than ever before, more wire, wired and styled and pruned than ever before. <laughs> things are things are going well, man. Things are going well. Got a lot of Phomopsis in the garden, though. A lot of Phomopsis this year. That sucks. Why is that? Um, because last year we did the compost extract, and I tried to fi- follow the fertilizing recommendations of that experimental project, and I think the trees were malnourished. It's the first time... You know, I've I've like progressively backed off fertilizer um, yeah. ever since. So you were here in 2014 when we had the root aphid issue. Uh, and then I almost killed every tree in the garden. And then to get them back, uh, really s- stimulating microbial activity, sort of bred the whole n- knowledge of fungi bacteria yeah. relationship. We fertilized aggressively at re-inoculated brought all the trees back 2015 i just fertilized the living crap out of the garden and things grew so much i never could keep up with it all so then i started pulling back 2016 2017 2018 2019 progressively pulling back to figure out where is that sweet spot uh 2019 i pulled back too far and and combined with i think the compost extract and just throwing i mean that was like um if you put uh, the chemistry and physiology of a bonsai container in a washing machine and just spun it around at like, it just, it just destroyed everything. It, it made the c- containers a circus of, wow. of microbial activity, uh, of bad microbial activity, nonetheless. Heavy, heavy concentrations of uh, root and organic matter decomposing bacteria got dumped into the containers. Uh, the nutrition was completely thrown off. It was it, it was terrible. So I just went back to the roots, man. Uh, the, this spring started started inoculating the same way that I pulled them out of the root aphid issue that we had in 2014 with the drench that burned all the roots. Uh, and man, uh, they were hungry for it. They wanted it, and they're responding really well to it. And so um, a lot of disease because they didn't have the fortified systems set up to be able to have that immunity or that Mm. ability to fight but um with the microbial inoculations that we've done and the activity you can see trees literally just like thank god somebody did something besides what happened last year yeah yeah so that's where we're at i'll I'll fight the phomopsis i i have a lot of confidence this year that we'll grow the trees out of it and um continuing to fight the root aphid battle with nematodes has been we've had some major breakthroughs with that in terms of reproductive cycles and consistency of nematode applications to be able to fully eradicate root aphids and and stuff like that so that shit has been really productive to helping the junipers because if there's root aphids eating the sugars and feeding on yeah. the sugars and the roots, that tree is going to have disease issues. It just is. See, that's one of the good things about the UK is that we don't have serious issues. Like we don't have serious fungal issues. We don't have serious insect issues. To the How same do you level. not? How do you not? That doesn't make any sense know. to me. You have the you have the weather for it all. No, we don't. I mean, we get like a little bit of needle cast. There's some areas where there is some uh, phomopsis, um, you know, juniper tip blight sort of things going on. You get like a few like infestations, but it's nothing like chronic. Like root aphid isn't as huge a problem. We get it every now and again, mm. but you know that's mainly due to kind of like you know super wet soil and just the, the roots just being. Just, just nasty soil mixtures and stuff like that. Mm. But 
Yeah, we don't. It's like I remember, like the the amount that we used to 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 to, to spray chemicals in Japan, like coming back, and I was expecting to be kind of like doing that, and I was just like, I did it for like maybe a year or two, and then it's just like, actually, I don't need to. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> uh, just trying to kind of like keep the trees healthy, and you get a little bit of this, a little bit of that, like you know, get a bit of aphids in the spring. You can kind of like just go along and rub them off. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Use water, high pressure water or something. I wish you wore a bit of soap or something. It's just like, geez. yeah, yeah. I would say, compared to Japan, I mean, the, we we've almost gone chemical free. We've d- definitively tried to go insecticide free, but Phomopsis on the junipers is something we have to watch. And this yeah. is the worst it's been in a long time because of that event last year. But um, but I, I would say that we don't have we've in the Western United States, we're surrounded by coniferous forests. If you live outside of yeah. the city and you, you, you had that conversation with me a long, uh, several years ago where you're like, dude, you're surrounded by stuff that is breeding both good and bad. I mean, it, it is, <laughs> it's good and bad. Uh, yeah. I like the beneficial insect population, the birds and, and sort of everything that happens around Mirai. But, uh, it would be silly to think that those trees aren't also holding, you know, a higher quantity of pathogen spores and just, yeah all of the organics but consequently probably the tree's immune systems is probably a lot more adapted yeah so it's a it's a whole interesting ecosystem discussion and conundrum i remember doing, doing a workshop and somebody had a juniper and they were out they were saying that they needed to uh to clean the live vein um to, to check for borers i was just like to check for what and they're like for borers and i'm like for, for what? And it's like they'd heard it on your like on one of your last streams uh, like, yeah. before. So like, I was just like, mate, we don't really get them out here. So you guys don't have boar, yeah, but you don't even have. I mean, coniferous forests don't even really exist until you get farther north. Yeah, and if they are, it's like you know they're, they're pines, like willowbog. It's just you know uh, larch or sick or spruce. Yeah, and sure. All like monoecious sort of that makes but, sense. Know, just, just monospecies type. um things and stuff so yeah i mean that's the thing about the uk is that there's not a single inch of it that's wild yeah in europe in general i mean it's so cultivated except for like the the alps or something like that yeah um yeah the western united states is a is a insect paradise it's an insect paradise yeah like uh just the amount of pathogens that are blowing through the mountains i mean like uh white pine blister rust moving into the limbers and the rockies root aphids occur in from the Rockies uh, West, naturally in the environment, scale, uh, woolly adelgid. I, I mean, just the stuff, you know, it's there. It's all there. But that that is what makes our material so freaking rad, too. And Absolutely. You can't underestimate that. Like, no. collected material in the Western United States is, is spectacularly wild and tortured looking. It is the envy of the of the world, really. Yeah, yeah, but you pay the price for it pay the price <laughs> you don't get the best of something without having negative in there somewhere you know absolutely like there's no like oh you get everything and you get to eat your cake you know like you don't get all that doesn't work that way that's not life no yeah no. interesting oh man it's good to see you man see you on Thank camera you. yeah uh it's good to talk to you too and it's been really cool again i'm not trying to i'm not trying to um not trying to flatter you, but it has been cool to see, just to see your art- Thank you. your artistic uh, um, notions come to life. It's been well, really, you know, really it's every now and again you gotta gotta kind of um, put the artistic hat on and or the 
creative bit on and just see where it goes and because you've got to like being a professional with this you've got to be a bit of everything and you know so that'll appeal to some people and it won't appeal to others and and so i kind of i made like a real conscious decision to do like one of the first live streams on like the most orthodox thing you can possibly think of like things like Zalcoma Brooms, it's like you couldn't like do too much more polar opposite type things. Yeah. If you tried, so you can't then be accused of, you know, like you can't be pigeonholed that way. Yeah. 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 You know, like, yeah. so you can't. Somebody can't turn around and say, "Oh, well, you're purely Japanese or you're purely abstract or anything like that." It's just like, no, this is bonsai. Mm -hmm. I, it encompasses all of it. Can we do all of that? Can we just do all of that? Is that okay? Yeah. Can it's I get like why do you? Why do you have to be put into a box? Why mm -hmm. do you have to just do one thing or the other? You don't. You can mm -hmm. do it. All. You can. You can do it all if you have the right skill set and the right mentality. Yeah, and you're not afraid to 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 to, to just go out and have a go have a go at doing it. Yeah. Do you um? What part of bonsai appeals to you mo most? Like uh, Mike Hagedorn was up here and uh, we did a podcast and it was interesting because he was saying that his thought process behind bonsai was that um, he, he re referred to it as an artist statement. And he's like, the artist statement for Japan, although there are nuances that you can see are different between bonsai artists, they are kind of working off a similar artist statement in Japan. Yeah. And he said, it doesn't really look like that in, the, in, in North America. He's like, what you're doing here, what I'm doing are completely different. The artist statements would be entirely different. And, mm. and and I thought that was cool, you know, and he, he drew some, I think like he drew positive, some positive and some negative correlation to that. And it was, it was really interesting. Um, but God, explaining that I just totally forgot what I was going to ask. Oh, uh, he was saying that bonsai is tradition mm. and bonsai is inspiration and bonsai is like, like science or practice uh in terms of how he broke it down and i thought what part of that do i like most i feed off the creativity i feed off that. Mm. i have to have it if 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 i don't have that i'm not i'm i'm definitely i'm definitely i'm gonna lose some interest what do you what, what do you feed off of a bit of everything I, I i i definitely don't feed off of doing the same thing all the time like the the, the variety i would say I, oh, I, I feed off the variety mm. are you I a balanced human being peter Am I? Yeah. Are you a balanced human being? Uh, I'd like to think I am. And mm. I'd like to think that bonsai helped me to, to become a lot more balanced. Mm. I, I wasn't quite as balanced hmm. when I was younger. Mm. And so I'd like to think that bonsai has helped. But, but yeah, just, just, just there's challenges in all different aspects. And it's just about finding that. And if then if you do the same thing all the time it just it just then then it just becomes a chore and boring and so yeah yeah i, I would say I, I feed off the variety of it mm. sometimes you've got to be creative sometimes you've got to be practical sometimes you've got to be scientific sometimes you've got to put your foot down sometimes you've just got to do hands off it's about that kind of having that mental kind of flexibility to, to try and figure out what's the best approach and the best situation for everybody involved yourself yeah. the tree customers students whatever it might be just trying to find that, that that nice balance so yeah i'd say probably trying to be a balanced human being and, and enjoying that variety of it yeah interesting hmm that's really interesting to hear your perspective on that i i the the, the disciplined um consistent technical part of it 
having had my hands on trees because like when I think about it like when I was doing bonsai when I was 12 through like 21 when I was in college uh I mean I had my hands on trees consistently but I didn't know what I was doing it wasn't like I was doing anything Mm. productive with those trees right so at that time, it was just about the exhilaration of whatever. I repotted a tree, and that was that was amazing. I hope it doesn't die, you know. Or I collected it, and mm-hmm. I hope it lives. Or I wired it, and it kind of looks like shit, but it also kind of looks semi sort of interesting. You know, it's like the thrill was in the action. And then going to mm-hmm. Japan, um, obviously, you're. It was like the learning of the technique at Mr. Kimura's. You're functioning off of his creativity. So I was just like stockpiling all these creative ideas, and then coming back the first few years were just kind of creative exploration, but getting into having mm. had trees for 10 years uh, under under sort of the, the process that I'm trying to refine, the discipline of it and the, the, the daily practice of it has become more interesting to me. But that, at one point, that was the most mundane. And I really had to talk myself through like mm. uh, why the justification for why am I doing this? Because there was a point in the beginning where it was like, I'm going to wire a tree, it's going to grow, I'm going to unwire it or prune it or, or unwire it and prune it, and then I'm going to have to wire it again. What did I just sign myself up for? This is mm. bullshit. You know, like, this is not going to work for me. <laughs> but then you start to realize, like, I had to develop, I really had to develop a notion of what I was trying to accomplish. Like, what what yeah. am I actually trying, where am I trying to go with this? Like, what's the destination for me? And I recognized it wasn't <laughs> what it was in J- for, for Japanese bonsai. And then when Mike was like, you're working on different artistic statements, sort of as a way to sum that up, I was like, yes. It's all coming together for me. Ten years later. <laughs> Ten years later, I like Bonesign more now than ever. <laughs> yeah, I, I, same here. I mean, you just keep finding new things to, to, to love about it. Do you love and, it more now than ever? Yeah. There's oh. sometimes where you just kind of like... <sighs> kind of a bit of a pain, but very rarely. Mm. But yeah, I'd say just, just keep finding more and more interesting things and more and more interesting people and... You know, you, it, the right type of people kind of tend to gravitate towards you, and then you start to see, like, starting to see them develop and and mature, and their trees get better and things like, and, and like the influence that you've had on people, been like working with the same people for five six years, and you start to see them just kind of like finishing your sentences or mm-hmm. not even needing to ask questions, and their trees just blossoming, yeah, and stuff like that, and then it's just like, yeah. I'm I'm enjoying this a lot more now, yeah. rather than just smacking your head against a wall in random workshops up and down the country with the same people that you're only ever going to meet once. Yeah, you know, I've that has never it didn't appeal to me at the time, and it doesn't appeal to me now. Mm. Um, and so now that you're able to kind of like move away from that and building up those personal relationships, it's it's yeah, it gets better and better. Do you think you'll still travel quite a bit? Or do you think you're really going to try be, to travel? Not. There'll always be some. There'll always be some part of it. I would assume, um, because even if it's just like domestically to, to clients in in the UK, because it's like the the, the setup over here is is very different to to, to, to the states where you you'll have people who travel internationally to come and study with you. Mm. You know, definitely people will fly halfway across the country to, to, to do that whereas here people it's difficult to get people to travel for like 45 minutes to, mm. to, to come and do workshops and stuff like that um 
and then also when you particularly if you're working with a lot more refined trees um there might only be like half an hour's work to be done on something and so like if somebody brings that tree to a workshop and you're like okay there's only half an hour of work to, to, to do on it then you know people kind of like that's not what they want so you know just going to people's houses and working on 10 trees or giving advice on them all so doing this has been a, a kind of like a successful model mm-hmm. um, it's just about trying to f- work that in in such a way that not away from home for prolonged periods of time mm-hmm. uh, and things like that and that, that that's really worked very well for for those people who listen to me and mm-hmm. who have the, the uh, capability and the, the dedication to put all of those things into practice yeah What's what's one of the great unanswered questions or or mysteries that's kind of uh, plaguing you right now in terms of the trees you work with, the environment you're working in? You have anything that you're just like, I can't figure this out. Grafting, ah, mm-hmm. just grafting has just been such a pain. Mm-hmm. Just not the inconsistency of it. Mm-hmm. Great no, species or juniper's more than Savina's definitely more so than. Um, than pines. I've had relatively good success with pines. Like Sylvester's are relatively easy to do. Uh, and most of the mistakes have been self-inflicted. Mm-hmm. Like I know why I've missed that. Like doing approach graphs and separating them too early because you're just too eager to, to see if it's growing. You know, stupid things like that. Yeah. Uh, but with the Sabinas, it's just like, it's just so, you know, and yeah. so actually, you know, I've, I've tried using like not wrapping them in um, in grafting tape and putting them in humidity tents with scion grafts and things like that because they they're so difficult to like I've had sort of, sort of semi decent success and then it collapsed later on in the year because they because they were you know wrapped in the cocoons and have got fungal problems or something like that yeah, right. or, but they're really difficult because the the live veins on them can be really really thin mm-hmm. and so you're trying to like match up tiny little scions to tiny little live veins and stuff like that it's just yeah do you it's hard so the sabina reminds me of our rocky mountain juniper from the perspective of when you look at the proportion of foliage on juniper species across the world the sabina is very small the rocky mountain juniper is very small and one thing that i've found like i can graft over whether it's on the live vein or it's on a branch, I can approach graft or I could scion graft on a Sierra, a California, a Utah, and I could plan on close to a hundred percent success rate on a Rocky mountain juniper. You're lucky if you get 50, but then I started recognizing, well, what's the difference when you're putting say a Shimpaku, Kishu, Itoyagawa onto a California Sierra or a Utah versus a Rocky? Well, that foyer mass is smaller than a Sierra, a California, or a Utah, right? In terms of the vascular bundles and the and the vascular draw and load, so it makes sense that if you're if you're trying to fill a garden hose with a fire hose, you're going to have a pretty good success rate of filling that garden yeah. hose up with the fire hose. But when you flip it, and now yeah. Sabina's foliage is smaller, that yeah. means that every tube that's carrying water is smaller, and you're putting yeah. a bigger tube onto it. Now you're trying yeah. to fill a fire hose with a garden hose and you can't fill it up. Yeah. And so I look at Rocky Mountain Juniper, particularly grafting on the live vein, 
you know, if, whether you're grafting roots on it or whether you're approach grafting to a bigger piece of tissue, man, it is a monster. And it, and it, for me, it's almost come down to, I've got to find a different, Itoigawa and Shinpaku in general it can't can't be the solution for Rocky Mountain grafting. Just can't. Anymore. Yeah. No more. So what are you gonna do? <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, I'm I'm actively propagating. I'm actively propagating um, foyer types from Rocky that are particularly small, yeah. vigorous, yeah. tight, compact uh, that I could graft on coarser, longer internodes, floppier kind of airier <laughs> Rocky foliage. And I could change it out with tighter Rocky Mountain foliage. But I think like people have had those notions, but but success in grafting junipers, because what you just said is what I've been, yeah. that's a challenge that I've definitely been trying to confront. Yeah. And that is the only thing that makes sense to me at this point in time, thinking physiologically, because it just doesn't, otherwise it just doesn't make sense, you know? And that's why, that's why it's, you can graft black pine onto Ponderosa, but you could probably never graft Ponderosa onto black pine. It just didn't going to happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah so i mean there's some it's, it's definitely possible i've had i've got trees that are in the process of being changed over so it's not impossible to do yeah it's, it's not just, impossible the success rate's never going to be high though yeah or like as high as it would be with other species maybe yeah. that's acceptable I, you know in, in spain i think they get a little bit like those people who are doing it i think have a bit of a higher success rate i need to speak to mario comster see what he does see if he'll spill some of his secrets but i think again what that could be down to a lot is the the increased sunlight, the increased heat, energy in the trees. Heat. Yeah, sugar starch productivity, water draw, and transpiration. I mean, it makes total sense. Makes sense. It'd be it's tough. It's tough swimming upstream. It is. Yeah. And the the problem with the, the, the sort of going back to the point you made about the the good foliage types of the Sabina or the the Rocky Mountain juniper, is that like with the Sabinas, they can be so changeable. Like they can flower like crazy one year and then just not the next. Yeah. Oh, I mean, Rockies you know, can do that too. It's just like with other juniper species, like well, with the Itagawa, for example, you they're predictable. You know, like you know what you're going to get from them. Yeah, but I mean, you're talking Stuff about like a, a foyer type that's been, it's had all the wildness bred out of it. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 almost like a it's yeah. it's like a lab rat at this point. It's got red eyes. It's all white. <laughs> it's, it's freaking the one next to it. They look exactly the same. It's just it's a total soulless. It's a soulless foliage that strips the wildness and any organic natural out of every tree and it turns it into a robot. It just, ugh. I can, I can feel the love you have for the Itagawa. I mean, but, well, but here's the thing. Like, I use it. I graft with it. I love working with it. It, it is. It's easy. It's predictable. It's all the things that you said. And, you know, like you take a native piece of foliage, you crush it, and you smell all of the the tannic content. You smell the minerals of the soil that it grew in, and then you take Itoyagao and you mash it up, and it smells like anything else that's green in the world. You know, just like a blade. It might as well be a blade of grass, like that <laughs> came from God knows where, and now it's a lawn in you know fifty percent of the United States. Yeah. Just soulless. Yeah, I know. I know. The horses for courses, you know, it'll work for some trees and Yeah, absolutely. Work. I think yeah. that's a big part about uh, of being a professional is not is you can have your feelings about it, but I it it's not going to change the fact yeah. that Itoyagao is still a great foyer type yeah. and tool and and we know how to work with it and it gives a really beautiful result. It it will always. Yeah. And it's at the end of the day it's about getting the best result out of the material. 
absolutely objective i I think objectively getting the best result yeah 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 no i totally agree with that but i clearly do feel passionate about it yeah (laughs) 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 but i I, like i still get as much thrill out of twisting up like a super skinny toy gal whip and just watching it thicken and grow and just being like that's cool that's That's neat (laughs) you know like i i get total pleasure out of that it's amazing it's still amazing the fact that so basically you you enjoy torturing Etoy Gao is what you're saying. Yeah, maybe it is. Maybe it does. I think I think you're turning into a therapy session. Yeah, right. Right. I'm working. <laughs> I'm working through some of my personal issues <laughs> as we're podcasting here. This always happens when we talk. It always happens when we talk. We'll get to what, some what's deeper Itoy level. Ever done to you? Huh? What's Etoy Gao ever done to you? Is this some some episode from your uh, from your apprenticeship it's, where it's you a, were it's chasing a, you around the Chased you around the garden with an Itoigawa brush, beating you. It's a PTSD thing. I got yelled out working on Itoigawa more than anything else. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that was the species, man. No, actually, Japanese red pine would be that for me. <laughs> that one I am scarred from. I broke oh. so many freaking Japanese red pine branches during my apprenticeship that uh, Mr. Kimura barely let me work on them. <laughs> That's not true either, but I definitely broke a lot of them. <laughs> because <laughs> oh, we used to get all those uh grafted korean red pines yeah from Osaki. oh my gosh they Terrible, were so man. brittle so brittle yeah mr kimura would be like ryan wire this and i'd just be like oh, okay <coughs> i'll do it i'll do it but i'm not gonna lie i'll wire it but can you bend it <laughs> yeah yeah Oh yeah. Yeah. There was there there were a handful of them that were just so brittle that he, he that Mr. Kimura was literally like, Because this is so brittle, I don't even want to put you in the position. Yeah, yeah. This is when uh Urushibata son was there. He was like, I don't want to put you guys in the position of trying to even bend this. Uh, and he and I mean he broke the shit out of them too, Mr. Kamura did. It wasn't like he was like, oh, I can just do this. I mean, they were they were almost untouchable pines. That was the first time yeah. I recognized like some trees sometimes aren't meant to be a bonsai. <laughs> and that was the first time. Yeah. Put them back on the mountains. Yeah, exact yeah, exactly. No. I, I mean I don't know what you do. It's it was a it was a great lesson and uh you gotta keep pushing forward. Uh, d- d- despite despite the uh, the very visible limitations, but yeah, red pine scarred me. No, I don't know. I I just I think over the course of working with so many juniper varieties across the world and seeing, I think um, almost an accepted approach that you have to graft over native foliage because you want this predictable robotic response. It's like, well, then why did you why did you go get this super hyper unique yeah. tree? If you want it to just be a programmable um, piece that's gonna that's just just gonna respond to your every beck and call, it's like this is this is about an interaction. This is about a relationship. This is about learning about this tree and working with yeah. it. And I think bonsai is about developing the skill and the technique to be able to adapt to those nuances and still find an aesthetic and an a- application of technique that allows that particular tree with that particular foliage mass to be beautiful as it is. I, th- that is a challenge that I take very seriously with bonsai. And to think that the professional approach is to graft it over with some robotic foliar mass that makes everything easy and predictable i i, I can't relate to that i can't yeah relate to that, no, but you know? what that requires 
that approach requires is a, is a, a knowledge and an understanding from the, the from the public who who are viewing it and looking at it as a um, you know in exhibitions or looking at it on and make and passing comment. Mm-hmm. You know they have to understand and appreciate it for what it is. Mm-hmm. You know and be able to see those those differences and things like that. And a lot of people don't. It's just everything. <clears throat> it's just viewed through the same lens. Yeah, yeah. And you know the the the, the Japanese bonsai scene of the late eighties, nineties is a lot to answer for that. Yeah, because but I mean, did. is it though? Like, is it because like that's and and also human nature, culture culturally, like culturally that pursuit of perfection and this like regimented discipline to f- follow course and continue striving for that makes sense to me, and I don't have any issues with that but to look at it and say like what are you trying to accomplish if that's not it's that if that's not your intuitive behavior culturally or individually right because it doesn't have to be just Mm. a cultural thing it could be an individual you know there's engineers for a reason and that and that's and that's real you know like trying to solve a problem of changing a light bulb with an engineer is a fucking nightmare because it has to become so complex or it's, you know, an architect and everything all of a sudden is about boxes and lines and circles or something like nobody understands that except for an architect. True. So, so it's like, I get that. Uh, and I understand, I understand that, but, um, but the challenge of taking something that doesn't look like that and then figuring out how you work with it to, get it as close to that that Mm. you had talked about the challenge of unusual material i find the challenge of unusual growth habit or less than ideal growth habits Mm. that's my that's my challenge i think that's what i'm recognizing like you like the material i like to see if i can do something special with whatever it is offering i think you but the, the point is that you need people to be able to appreciate that as much as anything, and, and you educating people into into understanding that is a is an important part of it. I mean, you don't need them to appreciate it or understand it if you're doing it for yourself. But if you're True. doing it, if you're doing it for the public, and that's where you start to say, "Oh yes, this would be a better juniper to graft," and this will be one that I'm going to go ahead and plan on keeping because I'm not going to take that. I'm not going to take that step towards yep. that that sort of more commercial approach. And look. I do it both. I'm not discriminating on one or the other. Definitely. But there are definitely compositions in the garden where like, I'm going to make this and I know I'm going to keep this for the rest of my life because nobody would ever buy it. <laughs> so I'm gonna, I better like it a lot. You know, <laughs> I better really like this. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm very much the same. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Some of the elevated deciduous stuff that you did, it's like, that is super interesting commercially probably not sellable but no but super interesting and will be like to watch as a passionate person about bonsai to watch how that works out i'm really excited for some of the things you said in uh, but then somebody came in and said uh like a friend of a friend came in and said i could see that in a modern art museum or in the 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 entrance of like some giant corporation but totally uh but that's different like, that's different that's different than somebody walking up and saying hey peter i'm gonna buy that from you like yeah. that is gonna that yeah could be something that represents you in an art museum an exhibition of your yeah. work right and that's where, you, where that's where you start selling stuff like that for crazy money i don't 
10 years into bonsai, I don't have any, uh, I don't have any fantasies that that is ever going to happen. Ever going to happen. <laughs> no, I thought, no. I thought and believed for the first, I would say eight years. Yeah. And I, I thought that was possible. <laughs> I, I don't anymore. I don't anymore nah. because it can nah. die because it can die. That's why. Yeah. That's why that's the limitation. And that's all of a sudden why it's like, okay, maybe this could, could be something that represented, you know, bonsai as an art or in a museum or something. But yeah. realistically, there's no guarantee that we're ever going to get there. And honestly, the fact that it doesn't appeal to the broader sort of uh, generic version of bonsai means it's probably not going to be sellable. Cool. This one's for me, and I better like it because I'm gonna keep it forever. <laughs> it's gonna be around for a while. It's gonna be around. It just is. And people will be asking about it. Is it still alive? Is it, you know what's happened to it? And, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But getting—I mean, they don't always work out, right? So, no. so, but, but when they do, it's like, oh yeah, yeah it's still around. Let's, but let's it's, take a look at you that. Know, it's the experimental bits is uh, uh, what going to push things forward and kind of like going back to that point about being honest with yourself and things like that there's so many trees that have been done conventionally like in demonstrations and stuff that haven't survived that people just aren't honest about yeah you know like <laughs> where are those trees was you know those things from magazine articles and things like that where are those trees now yeah i mean like the bonsai world has this giant kind of like omerta about like not talking about the, the right. trees that don't make it yeah. And, you know, I think it's an important part to say, I'm quite happy to say like, yeah, I did this, didn't work out. This is why I think. Mm -hmm. And change your, change your behavior accordingly. Yeah. In the future. Yeah. Yeah. Major check of the ego to be like, I did that. And maybe even did it very uh, publicly and it didn't work out. Yeah. You see, I, I did think about that. Like, you know, putting these things out before they leaked out or doing this and, and stuff like that. And I thought just, ah, fuck it. Why, why worry about it? I'm, you know, it's, it's putting it out there for, to, to give people some stuff to think about. Oh, during the Corona, oh. maybe, maybe kind of like give people, you know, they'll go out and look at their material in a different way and maybe just have an experiment and have a play around and start to look at bonsai slightly differently. And I thought, well, you know, we could all be dead in six months time. <laughs> this is... I mean, I think about it even more. Like, I'm not saying it's unnecessary, but I think the demo model versus getting to, again, work with your own material in your own space where you have total control in terms of a stream and saying, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push this to the farthest degree here now because I know I can give it yeah. the best chance to live. And if it doesn't, I'm happy to talk about why it didn't because we both learned from it in creating that community that, you know, for, for Mariah Live, that's the community that exists. Now you're creating your community with your streams and that's the community that's going to exist. And that kind of authenticity in that community, I think is going to push Boneside farther because all of the smoke screen is now gone and there's not yeah. all of these other, when you think about a demo tree and I did a demo and then I went back to the United States and so-and-so took care of it and they left it out and it freezed or nobody watered it for three months and now it's dead and is it my fault and this or that or the, you take all of that out and you can truly discuss like I did this technique uh, it succeeded because of this or it failed because of this. Here's why it failed. I know why it failed. We can talk and learn from why it failed. Yeah. And this is how we can grow and improve. And it does become a, like a collaborative conversation. I, I just, the, Mariah Live has been big for me from that perspective of having that community around that wants to genuinely know the truth about the projects that happened, you know, because, uh, 
you know, we did, did a big trunk bend on a Scott's pine and it, and it wasn't successful. And I know exactly why it, it wasn't successful. Uh, and, and we'll do it again and make sure that it's successful with a tree that's ready for that kind of work, mm. you know, and you can, and, and, and you can dialogue about that. And I think that's really significant to be able to share those failures. I think it's big. I think it's a big, big part of it. Just having the, just say confidence or self assuredness to, 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 to be able to do that is a big thing. And a lot of people don't have that. Mm-hmm. Or just yeah. the, just the honesty. Yeah. Just the honesty to be like, yeah, no, that didn't work. Didn't work. Yeah. I think people do respond to that. You know, they, they like the fact that it's, you know, it's not all fancy. I try, it looks like you're trying to sell something and it's all just like, uh, fancy graphics and, and just, you know, showing off rather than rather than trying to put out some, some honest information out there. Mm, I think the people that are going to support people that are going to be honest are people that want that honesty. And I think people that are going to support people that are not honest and transparent and a little more superficial about the whole thing, trying to make it look cooler than it is. They're going to support the, it's, it's, it's just like yeah. finds like, you know, like, finds Absolutely. Like. Yeah. like finds like, yeah. Now, and again, it's like, it's what's your metric of success? Well, how do you, how do you say that, you know, you are making a difference? You know, it's like when people send emails and or send pictures of stuff that you've spoken about and they've done it and it's worked. Mm-hmm. The customers that you work with for, for four or five years and you, they don't need you anymore. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah. That's, that's, a, that's the greatest kind of like metric of success. Absolutely. No, absolutely. I mean, well, well I mean, again, it def- depends on how you define success because somebody would be like, you got money or you don't, you know, and, and it's like, or, or you have students that are capable or you don't, it's like everybody's gonna, or are you in an art museum or are you not? Like the metric of success definitely is for every individual there's to, there's to define, I guess. Yeah. Well, mine is when I wake up in the morning is like, have a, you know, or when I go to bed at night, it's like, have I been an idiot? Have I been a twat? Have I been true to myself? <laughs> have like, I been an idiot? Have I been a twat? Have I been true to myself? This is what you ask yourself before you go to bed? Essentially. <laughs> you know. What do you ask yourself when you wake up? Am I going to be an idiot? Am I going to be a twat? <laughs> Am I going to be true? Uh, yes. Yes. I will not be a twat today. A twat, or whatever. You <laughs> oh, so I will funny. try not to be. Yeah, yeah. Cannot guarantee it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like the whole uh, the whole question of like what is success? Like, uh, you know, it's a conversation. It's a topic. I, I I don't think I've been able to define that for myself. I don't know what that is for yeah. myself. Yeah, it definitely has it definitely has nothing to do with. Um, it definitely has nothing to do with a, a monetary means at all. Otherwise, bonsai would be just a ridiculous thing to do. You Absolutely. Full on missed the boat or bumped your head or something. But, uh, but I think, um, I think one thing that I definitely sleep better at night or go go into the house and stop working um, if I felt like everything that I did, I did to the degree that I was really happy with it. That, yeah. that for me is, is success, whether that's teaching my students and it's like I sat 
when when there was information to be given to a student, I sat and intentionally gave them that information and the tools to to grow in the in in what they needed or wanted. When I styled a tree, I sat and it had my undevoted attention and focus, and I maximized technically, artistically, everything that I wanted with that tree. You know, I repotted, I paid attention. It's the shittiest feeling in bonsai to have to walk away from teaching, to walk away from designing, to walk away from repotting, to walk away from streaming and be like, yeah, I kind of flubbed that. I kind of flubbed that. It didn't, that was not my best. That was not my best. I had, I could have done better and I didn't. I, I, I have a hard time dealing with that. You're a perfectionist. It, to, 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 it's, it's a curse. I'm a perfectionist that also needs a lot of things to be happening at once to feel um, good about it. So I'm trying to achieve perfection with like 10 projects at once. <laughs> and none of them ever quite get done very Which is well. why you're des- destined to be unhappy Yes, forever. exactly. <laughs> this is the cause of misery. And one of the things about the beginning of this whole quarantine thing was I was like, I'm going to take everything start to finish. I'm not going to have 10 projects at once. Where do I find myself a month into this? I've got three trees that are in the middle of being repotted, a composition down in the workshop that's got five trees that are mounted but not fully finished. I got like three wiring projects that are halfway done. Freaking garden is kind of moved around like nothing's where it needs to be. And it's like, ah, it only took me four weeks to get back to just total chaos. Mate, you, you cannot change who you are. No, can't you cannot change your spots. It's mm. it's ingrained in you. You you know. But one thing about it is, I have found a lot of it, a, a lot of joy. Whereas I used to would have walked around and 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 been like, "There's nothing I can do about it." Now it's like, well, if I don't like it tomorrow, I'm gonna go ahead and spend the day finishing those pieces. This is my goal this yeah. weekend. <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> i don't like it i like the first week of quarantine when i was like if i started it i finished it makes me feel really good you need quarantine to last another few weeks so. yeah oh, man i miss my students yeah i do yeah i, I, I miss the it, people man I, 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 yeah. I miss my creative team i miss i miss it yeah as, as much as bonsai is quite a solitary hobby it's as much about the people as it is anything else right yeah the relationships what the, the, the people bring to it and the, the relationships you have with people and the, the history that you make with trees or just with those people through the through the medium of trees well and this you know, is like, the thing that's the thing though like when yeah. you're making trees with students that student is a part of that their their character and personality and interpretation and skill like all of that goes in the into the dna of that tree's design and existence as a bonsai and to do it by yourself is awesome but it's it only it only adds it's it would be like if you had salt you were salt and your student was pepper and you just put salt mm. on the food it's like the salt and pepper on the food is better you know i'm losing yeah. i'm losing a little bit of of the spice um so anyways that's yeah i miss my students i miss their interpretation and impression they leave on the garden yeah yeah well and i was really excited to leave my impression on your garden because i was going to pee on every tree there well i've been peeing on them in in your stead so that's that's good i'm glad but that's just the salt and they need the pepper (laughs) <laughs> see what i'm saying well you can bottle it up and send it <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I, I, I can just add it to the hose like, you know, it's got one of those 
siphon. Fertilizer mixer thing. Yo, a dosatron. <laughs> That'd be so just funny. Just send you a bottle of, of Mariah urine. No, I, I just... Could be round up and then just, just annihilate my collection. You know what? I wouldn't do that to the person that I... I wouldn't do that to anybody because the devastation no. of losing a tree is horrible. I also wouldn't pee on all your trees, but I definitely was excited to see your place. I'm bummed I didn't get to come. I'd have let you pee on a couple. I'd have picked a few out for you. Well, you know, next time. There's always next time. <laughs> yeah, whenever that may be. Whenever that may be. Yeah, I wonder how long this whole thing's gonna go on. Jeez, man. Yeah, right. Who knows? Oof. It's a monster. I don't know. The United States is starting to rebel against against authority and the quarantine. I don't know what's gonna happen. Yeah, like the UK is kind of reaching a bit of a. They can't lock it down any harder than they than they than they are because people just rebel against it, and it's just. But then you can't leave it up to people to do what's the, what's best for the common good because then there's always idiots who don't, you know, don't do what they should be doing. And it seems to me there's different thought processes, like with anything, you know. And it's yeah. like it's like, mm, yeah, it's such a tough thing when you start talking about everybody's free to interpret as they see fit. <laughs> you do get some interesting perspectives. You get some outliers in that. Yeah, you do. Some outliers. Yeah. But- yeah it feels like the it feels like i guess because the uk is very far away and it and it does seem relatively organized maybe it's because of the proper nature of british culture that it feels no 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 nah, there's a, there's it won't take long man really we we could have we could have riots God, it could just explode quite quickly mm. we, it did happen like 2011 maybe a bit earlier than that there was riots no over kidding nothing. Interesting. I mean, it wasn't over nothing, but it just just exploded like that. Yeah. And so, like the the government were really kind of like slow to bring all of the, the restrictions in. They didn't do it all at once, even though they pretty much knew that that's what was necessary. Yeah. Because you know, st- stopping people from going to the pub was a big thing. Oh, interesting. To, you know, they had to start saying like, you know, two months, two weeks in advance like you might not be able to go to the pub as much please don't go to the pub as much and it's like right now you can't go to the pub and they just had to put their foot down yeah but 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 they had conditioned people they had started to get them used to the idea to not not want to violently react when that was mentioned yeah Yeah, interesting huh wow wow whereas you know like germany um france italy and places like that you know they just they just went straight in and did it and and had greater results from it. Yeah. So, yeah. But you know, it's un- uncharted territory. Uh, but you can everybody. still buy alcohol in the UK, right? You just have to drink at home. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, no, if they stopped selling alcohol, then there would be riots. I I think that's the way in the United States. Apparently, yeah. the amount of bottles, cans, and boxes, depending on what your alcohol of choice is in North America, in the garbage system has exponentially skyrocketed. Yeah. People are basically like, I'm just going to stay home and get drunk. And then like the, all the massive knock-on effects from that are going to be crazy. Like the it, people who are going to turn into alcohol, alcoholics, domestic violence, yeah, all sorts of stuff, man. It's just... Yeah, it's so weird. Where do you draw the line? And where, it, I'm just glad I'm not in government. <laughs> yeah. We should, start, we should start sending... We should start delivering bonsai by hand to people. Just like, here, you need this. Yes. Here you go. This will bring some balance and stability to this your life. This is going to help you. This is going to add. 
This is going to add positively. I can feel it. Yeah. <laughs> People would be like, get, get the hell off my doorstep. <laughs> no, really? It's Bring just a bonsai tree. Yeah, some toilet paper and some whiskey. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> I just wanted to share the love of bonsai. <laughs> Spread the love. I just wanted you to have the same joy I do. <laughs> oh man oh man yeah when they do um when things do open up you think you'll you think you'll go back on the road or are you gonna kind of stay at home and hang for a while uh they'll they'll just wait and see i mean there'll, there'll always be uh certain customers and certain things i'll have to do um but we'll just have to see i mean like going to japan whether or not that continues to happen don't know yeah um it was kind of like naturally coming to a to potentially an end anyway um so we'll just see yeah just have to see how things go not yeah. not saying one way or the other but it was but it was always part of the plan to try and stay home more so yeah so that's what we're going to try and work towards yeah you got little man now little man he's a cute yeah. too what a what a happy baby. And he's on, surrounded by bonsai. I tell you what, uh he's surrounded by Satomi, which is probably where the difference is. That's not a knock on you at all. It's not a knock on you. Sounds like it. No, I think it's more like a commentary just on like the general British outlook and he definitely has like a, a very optimistic, positive kind of vibe. Hey, there's a, there's optimistic British people. I'm just <laughs> just kidding. Did I, I, I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. Did I hurt your feelings? No. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> Fuck you, man. So I didn't even try to sarcasm with a British person. It's impossible. You can't out sarcasm. You can't do it. Because I genuinely am like, oh, man, maybe I went too far and he's really offended. Oh, God, no. Yeah, see, I, I, I don't like playing that game. That's not even me. Why am yeah. I trying to Why am I trying to do this? No, you only, like in the UK, like you only like make fun and, and like are offensive to people you like. Huh, you know, like to people you don't like, you're polite. Oh, oh, interesting. So, you know, you just, <laughs> but like to your best, to your best mates, you'll call them all the names under the sun. That's funny. It's like when, when I was at university, like I had some Spanish friends, uh, and you know, the, the, me and these two guys that I lived with, you know, they were saying like, "Why do you hate each other so much?" And, and you stay, stay living with each other, and we're like, "What are you talking about?" And it's like, because you just insult each other constantly all day long. It's like, yeah, it's my best friend. What do you expect? <laughs> I can't hang, man. I can't, I can't hang. I can't do it. It makes no sense to me. Banter. <laughs> yeah, it's like cruel, cruel banter. Maybe Americans, no, maybe Americans are too sensitive. Yeah, you are. You're yeah. just too sensitive. Or it's like at some point, big... it's like, ah, oh, it started to hurt. That was you need to pull little, on your big bit of a sharp jab right there. <laughs> Uh, over on the east coast they get it a bit more yeah definitely they're a little bit more uh i would say rugged they're a little bit, harsh, they're a little like bit more rugged yeah nice on the west coast is uh doesn't exist on the east coast and nice on the east coast is mean on the west coast yeah you go to new york and you're like God, did i did i say something wrong and they're like what i'm being nice it's like <laughs> oh shit and then you see somebody be mean and you're like oh they really were being nice okay <laughs> all right soft on the west coast i was born in colorado yeah, man yeah. everybody was too just happy sun. everybody was just happy too and much it, sun yeah too much sun a lot of skiing and and kind good, of good the, living it was like the central point of the hippie movement in the east to yeah. west west to east was colorado 
So I think a lot of the people that ended up there, particularly in the non-populated Western Slope region, uh, were just burnt out hippies. So it was pretty much everybody <laughs> was really mellow, and really nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Made me soft. Mr. Kamura changed some of that, though. Yes, he certainly did. Yeah. Strip, strip, strip some of that niceness out. Gotta be a man. It was, uh, it was really nice to have uh, Michael up here and get to talk. Get to uh, never podcasted with him before. Yeah. Yeah. How's he doing? He's doing. It seems like he's doing. He's doing really well. Yeah. It seems like he's doing really well. His book. His book is coming out, which is cool. I'm excited. He's always been just plowing his own furrow. He's uh, he's just been doing his own thing. Dude, he's, I like that vibe. Yeah, he's a legend. He's a total legend. He, <clears throat> he really does have the ability to sort of focus on his intentions and ideas and stuff. And I, I, I admire that. I think it's cool. Takes definitely takes all kinds, but, uh, hearing his kind of process and approach was, was really interesting to me. And, um, yeah, what he makes is always, you know, looking at it, it's like, there's a lot to be taken from it. Got to think about it a lot. I think there's not, uh, a, a ton of people's work, where you look at it and you say, okay, I got, I, I need to spend time with this and think about this. Yeah. You know? mm. But that, but I definitely feel like that with your work. I feel like that with his work certainly as well, where it's, and, and, and there are, there are several others that I do feel like that about, but I think there's also a lot of, a lot of work that's sort of created as a way to get close to kind of doing what we're supposed to or whatever this bone yeah. thing is. And you just don't have to spend as, I guess, as much time with it. And, and I like uh, that. I like that challenge. Not as much, not as much time and thought went into it. I think potentially, yeah, potentially. No, it's not potentially at all. It is. It's people whether you apply a sort of a definite thought process to what you're doing, or you're just going through the motions. I think. Yeah, yeah. And that it, it comes out in the end result. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Dude, we should do this more often. Now that we're both home and we're not waiting on uh <laughs> you know like an international trip to get together we might as yeah. well wrap and it's been really enjoyable to talk to you I, I actually like you thank you yeah yeah <laughs> do what do you want me to reply <laughs> no I, you don't need to i was sharing no, my, i was well, sharing my i was sharing my truth that's all okay well you're not bad and i appreciate that I appreciate most, I, you know, like we've always been, I think, relatively serious because there's been other people around when we've been podcasting before. Yeah. But uh, most people probably don't, as much as we've said it, most people probably don't realize. We're podcasting now. Yeah. You've been recording this. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. I thought we were just talking. No, you didn't. <laughs> don't be a douche. <laughs> but most people don't realize that uh, we kind of carried each other through our apprentices in Japan. You carried me more than I carried you, but there were some moments. No, yeah, absolutely no. Yeah. There, there were some moments. Definitely, yeah. definitely, we've we've seen each other at some pretty low points and some pretty high points. No, well, it's, it was. I think it was. There, there was definitely like a couple of people that, without their influence, I wouldn't have got through. Uh, you were one of them. Like Akiyama and Senpai was one. Mm. Uh, and my wife as well, you know, like without the just guiding influence, just uh, the ability to talk yeah. and have somebody understand. Yeah. It just would have been hard. Yeah, it would have been impossible, honestly, for me. Anyways. So, for, for me, it would have been impossible without you being there. Worked out quite well. 
I'm sending you a virtual hug. Dude, I just sent you a virtual heart. <laughs> <laughs> right on, man. Uh, well, I know it's getting late there. I got 10 projects that are currently uh, in process that I'm going to go get my hands dirty okay. and get back to. Um, no, but seriously, we should do this again. This is freaking awesome. Yeah. I didn't realize it'd work out this well. Took us a little audio time in the beginning, but we got to figure it out. This, th- this sounds yeah. great. Does it sound all right, Cooper? Yeah, baby. Sounds good. I feel sorry for Cooper who has to sit and listen to this. Yeah. And also to anybody else who's going to sit and listen to us talking. Yeah, I feel sorry for everybody. Just everybody in general. I feel sorry for. Yeah. We all need to get, we all, we're we're all, we're all waiting for permission to go back to rocking out together. We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, But like, uh, the, the podcasts are great for listening to and in driving and stuff, man. There's, I've listened to, to, to quite a few of them and they've been great. Nice, man. Thanks. Thanks, thanks for listening. Yeah, I, I, um, I think the more the, the more the merrier, and I'm excited that you you've finally taken the tech plunge because that means I get to I get to watch Peter do bonsai work, get inspired, <laughs> get inspired, inspired, inspired for sure. Yeah. Ah, uh, well, definitely, definitely. Appreciate. When you when you started posting to Instagram more last year was when it all began. And then it's like, oh shit, he's gonna start streaming. Let's do this. <laughs> do this. Your illustration on the pinching of of single flush pines was just brilliant. It's beautiful. Did you draw that? Uh, kind of, yeah. What do you mean, kind of? Well, like on you mean, a you did or you didn't. Okay, you did. Well, yeah, like I did draw it with like a, a pen and paper, but I just kind of like found some crappy app on the iPad and just did it. Yeah, it was fantastic. It's low tech, man, but it's. It's 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 cutting through to the to the heart of the matter. That's it's the thing. It's the, con- it's, the, it's the content, not the 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 production values. I mean, I actually thought, that is the motto here. I thought the production, content, no production values. I thought the production value and the illustration style was badass. Honestly, I was like, damn, <laughs> damn maybe 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 Peter become our illustrator. <laughs> it's perfect. It's great. It's like I was like the, the, those scissors I drew. I was just like. Should I actually like go out and 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 find like a, a picture of scissors and bring them in? And I was like, that's going to take me another fifteen to twenty minutes to figure out how to do that. I was like, fuck, I'm just going to keep it like this. I don't yes, care. yes, it was, it was beautiful. I loved it. Thank you. I loved it. We were we were looking at it, <laughs> Josh, Josh, who uh, kind of guides the film process. Firm or I were looking at it, and I was like, see that illustration? That's tight right there. That's tight. And he's like, yeah, it's it's like a cross. looks like a six-year-old drew it, but it's got like consistency and coordination. So it's almost like this like really clear, very communicative illustration that's still very playful. And I was like, I bet Peter drew that. Well, who else is going to do it? Is it just me doing everything? Right? I don't know. I Maybe you had somebody else do it. It was, it was fresh. That's all I'm trying to say. I did that like at half past five the morning of the, of the stream. Mm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's when the best shit comes together <laughs> at five in the morning, right before the stream. But, but basically, all of that stuff is the stuff I've been saying over and over and over again. Dude, like those diagrams, a thousand from, words. Pictures worth a thousand. And no, words. but those, you know, those pictures are the ones that have been drawing in workshops regularly and stuff mm. like that. So it's just yeah. But you you animated it and then you put it on uh, social media. <laughs> that's worth that single animation was worth more than uh than most of the videos that i've made about pinching single flush <laughs> i recognized that when i saw it i was like mm, mm-hmm, there it is 
that was Thank really, you. that was simple it was good yeah it's good you're rocking man super proud Thank of you, you yeah i miss you a bunch wish i would have gotten to come and hang with you but if this is the best you we get, that animation on yours i'll i'll, yeah, I'll pff, we'll talk about it i will uh <laughs> i'll take all the time i can get with my man it has been good to sit with you dude yeah we should do it again yeah uh let's without, yeah without the cameras rolling next time without the cameras stuff to talk about. without the mics um yeah i'm open i'm open let's talk about it very good Finish your projects yeah well give leo a big um i guess high five doesn't work i mean like i could say a hug but that's a little weird uh, you know give leo a, a pat on the a back pound, a pound can he pound yet a pound yeah he's getting there okay all right well let, let's go there that that feels that feels representative I'm going to have to go upstairs and, and, and give him a hug because he's screaming at the moment. Oh, is he? Okay. I'll let you go. <laughs> Tell Satomi hello for us. I will do. Yeah, let her Thanks know. I appreci love. appreciate you rapping with us. Uh, All right. We'll be in touch, Peter. Take care, man. Peace. Cheers, man. Boom. Bye.